Well, we're going to, over the next few weeks, um, look at gifts of the Spirit, particularly the fivefold ministry. And we're going to continue that in light of um, Pentecost and the ministry that we've received over Pentecost, which has been great. It's been um, a great blessing to have Ian and David with us. And um, David's going to join us again, actually, to preach on Sunday morning on the 30th of this month. Um, so we're looking forward to that and to all that they bring to us, but also to remind ourselves that the Spirit of God has come to equip the church. And that's what happened at Pentecost, remember? They spoke in tongues, and by doing that, they, stem- they demonstrated the supernatural power and ministry of Jesus, as was demonstrated through the life of Jesus when he was on earth. And so we pray. Let's pray for uh, as we begin. Father God, we, we thank you for... The Holy Spirit, you promised us that you would not leave us alone, that you would come to us, you would send another, the counsellor who would lead us into all truth. And so, Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit um, just fills this church and fills our hearts and our lives, empowers and equips us for all that you want us to do in Christ Jesus. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, J. John, um, do we know J. John? People know J. John? Yeah, he was, he was um, just saying that um, on one occasion he brought his son to an Anglican church and the church um, had the habit of getting the children out uh, to the front of the church uh, to say the Lord's Prayer. And he knew the Lord's Prayer really well. And so he came up and he started to say it with the other children. You know, our Father who art in heaven, all that, you know, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And J. John and his wife sort of sinking more and more into their seats, thinking, why does he have to be so loud? You know. And when it got to the end, um, the children in the church had been taught to finish the, to finish the, the prayer with the words, um, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And at that point, his son turned around and shouted at him across the church. And he said, Dad, there's no power and glory in this church. <laughs> oh, bringing your children to a guest service. <laughs> there's no power and glory in this church. Wow. That's a wake-up call, actually, isn't it? Jesus said that when he comes, the Spirit of God... He will clothe you in power. When he comes, he will clothe you in power to be my witnesses. It's amazing. What does that mean? It means we'll be able to move in the spirit of God, in the power of God. Because if we can't move in the power and in the spirit of God, then we're not really much effect. We won't have much effect upon this world. Our ministry is limited. We'll be doing not much more than most others. But if in Christ we are able to move in his power and move in the gifting of his spirit, then, then something changes. Then we see firsthand the power and the ministry of Jesus continued. That's the point. That's what the gifts do. They continue his ministry on earth. So if you have your Bibles with you, We're going to one of the great passages about the gifts, which is 1 Corinthians 12. 
Corinthians, of course, is one of the great books on the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, particularly so, um, but also Romans 12 as well. We come to some other passages too. So 1 Corinthians 12, if you have the page reference there, call it out. 1152, if you've got the other page reference, call it out. <laughs> is it 1153 or something like that? Because I know the Bibles are different, aren't they? But um, there we go. 1152 and 1 Corinthians 12. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. They've changed that a little bit. It used to be called ignorant. I think ignorance is a bit, you know, I think it's better. Yeah, ignorant and yours, yeah. Um, so... Paul is saying, look, I don't want you in Christ not to know about this. This is important, okay? It's important that you know what it means to move in the power of the Spirit. You know that when you were pagan, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There's confusion, obviously, in, in um, Corinth about what spirits are doing what and whether or not, in fact, they actually believe that the different manifestations of the Spirit were different spirits, you see. So Paul is addressing that confusion. And then in verse 4, I want you to notice in that paragraph three differences, okay? There are different kinds of gifts. And so the body works together with different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings. Yeah. So even though you might have the same gift, actually there's different workings within the gift. Yeah. These are manifestations of the Holy Spirit. But in all of them and in every one, it is the same God who is at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit, because that's what a spiritual gift is, a manifestation of the Spirit, is given for the common good. The building up, strengthening of the church. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues. Still to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit as he distributes them to each one. Notice this, just as he determines. But he determines that all of you move in gifts. That's his heart. Paul says, I would that all of you would speak in tongues. He says, I eagerly desire the greater gifts. Yeah? So the heart of God is that we are, if you like, moving in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Moving, if you like, in the, the power, the manifest power of the Spirit of God. So what are the spiritual gifts? Well, the spiritual gifts really have two words associated with them. First one is charisma, or charismata, which means favor. It is the favor of God. And it's really important we understand that because they're not given out of merit or out of maturity. They're given out of grace. It is the favor of God. So even if 
you are not a mature Christian, even if your lifestyle is not particularly righteous, because you have the faith and the hunger for it, you can still move in the power of the Spirit, interestingly enough, because they are given out of grace. And where things have gone wrong in churches is that people have made the assumption that somebody who is able to move in the spiritual gifts is therefore somebody who is mature and righteous in faith. (laughs) And that's not always the case. But the gifts nevertheless are given because they're given out of favor. And if somebody is hungry for them and they believe in them, then, they will, then the Holy Spirit will, by the grace of God, because he wants to build up his church and minister to his church, still administer gifting. So they're not given out of maturity and they're not given out of merit. How do we know that? Because Corinth was a mess, wasn't it? Let's be honest. It was a complete mess. And yet they were moving powerfully in the Spirit of God, in the gifting of the, God, of the, gifting of the Spirit. There's no question about that. So these are manifestations of the Holy Spirit where people are dependent on the Holy Spirit to speak out or to act in accordance to his will and to his purpose. I don't know what your first experience of of the Holy Spirit's gifting was. Um, Mine was when I was a teenager and I'd gone to a a youth weekend away. It was like in, in the depths of Surrey we were and a youth weekend, and it was a Saturday morning, and we were sat around in a circle, and we are having a time of prayer, and the sun was shining, and all I wanted to do was play football. And I remember being sat in this circle, and we are going on and on, reading the Bible and praying, and I was thinking, I'm just bored. I'm just so bored. Bored! And, it's, and the sun's shining, I just want to play football. And then it got to me, and they said, Rob, you know, what is God showing you at the moment? And I said... He's teaching me to endure. <laughs> and then they said, oh, we've, got a, we've got a guest speaker. And so the door opened and the speaker came in. Oh, no, I'm going to be for ages. And he was a prophet of God. And the interesting thing was that as he spoke, every now and again, something that he said just came into my spirit and it just penetrated, you know, like, soul and spirit, it was powerful. Every now and again, he'd say something and boom, the Holy Spirit just moved right into me. And he had this wonderful way that when it, when it, when it happened, when the Holy Spirit kind of moved on me, he had this wonderful way of just winking at you like that. <laughs> it's just to say, I know the Spirit of God's just touched you. And I felt, wow, that was the first time that I had experienced the power and the touch of the Holy Spirit like that. And I felt loved and understood and appreciated. And it wasn't a distant thing. It was a, it was a powerful, real now thing in my life. That's what the gifts do. They extend the ministry of Christ from his throne into his church and beyond. And we need it. We absolutely need the power of his spirit moving through us if we're going to be able to demonstrate who he truly is and also witness effectively in this world. So, what are the types of spiritual gifts? 
Well, Paul says here in this passage there's diversity of gifts and there's a variety of operations of the gifts. Yep. So there's a measure too. So somebody might have a different measure of the gift and because, of course, they, they, you measure the measurement of the gift. How you operate in the gift is often through your faith level and how much you desire it. Hunger and expectation are key in receiving the things of the Spirit. Hunger and expectation. And the more that you want, the more you receive by faith, the greater the measure, if you like. And so there's a different measure of it. And also there's quite a diversity of gifts. Now in the New Testament there are four lists of gifts. Some say there's 21, others say there's 27. I think accurately there's probably 21. And, and the Romans 12, 6 to 8, these are just a few notes if you're taking any notes of the gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 8 to 10. You can also include 1 Corinthians 12, 28 and Ephesians 4, 11. Okay? Those are the four. Romans 12, 6 to 8, 1 Corinthians 12, 8 to 10, 1 Corinthians 12, 28 and Ephesians 4, 11. 1 Peter 4 also mentions lists as well, gifts, but they are duplicated of ones already mentioned. Gifts appear in the Old Testament in a different way. If you like, they come as uh, an anointing, that the Spirit comes on somebody, and as an anointing also of a natural ability too. So in Exodus 31, we have the anointing of music and handcrafts and artistic abilities and you do see prophecy, obviously you do see healing, and you do see um, even the raising of the dead and all these kind of things, but they operate, the Spirit operates differently in the Old Testament. It's where the Spirit comes on a prophet rather than a gift which is growing in you and in you through the presence of the Holy Spirit permanently in your heart and life. 21 gifts. Got a little challenge for you. You know what's coming. Got me pen. Yeah. And no cheating. All right? I'll be checking to make sure that you're not going through those passages of Scripture, making sure that you can check to see which ones they are. Okay, 21 listed, oops, listed gifts. Let's see how many we can get without peeking. All right? Okay, first of all, healings. Right, we've got healings. Okay, let's go healings. Good. Faith, well done. Tongues. Interpretation of tongues. Discernment of spirits. Yeah. Wisdom. Knowledge. Prophecy. Hospitality. Is there somewhere? Oh, yeah. There it is. Administration. Cool, we need that one, don't we? Some of us. Tongues, yeah. <coughs> yes, well done. Um, so you've got prophets, you've got um, apostles, yeah. Teachers. What's the other three? Pastors, well done. Evangelists, well done. 
encourages hmm, that's not listed as a hmm, as a as a spiritual gift sorry Barnabas yeah well I'll put that probably in with the 27 that sort of <laughs> but you see really what they are is a manifestation of the spirit so there are all kinds of things that you could do I mean what, people talk about deliverance ministry as a gift of the spirit leading worship as a gift of the spirit intercession as a gift of the spirit they're not listed they're not stated as a gift but they are manifestations of the spirit there's no question about that right any, any more well you've missed out a few okay let me just this is point out some of these don't surprise me. You've missed out poverty, voluntary poverty. Missed that one out. Um, celibacy. Missed that one out. Celibacy. Martyrdom. That doesn't surprise me. You missed that one out. You missed, that one out. Oh, you missed out helps. Helps. Okay. And I think you missed out miracles. Yeah, miracles. We are going to go, over the next few weeks, we'll be looking at some of these to explain what they are and how they work. So there are service gifts, like helps, mercy, and giving, where people, some people have a real anointing for giving. Um, and they will give and su support Christian works and Christian charities, etc. Others um, move in the charismatic gifts, um, such as, um, as we said before, word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, prophecy, miracles, tongues, etc. And then we come to the ascension gifts, and there's a different name given to those, and we'll be coming on to those a little bit in a moment. And those are the diakonos gifts, or the equipping gifts, and they are the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So people often ask the question, how do I know what my gift is? And it's a valid question, isn't it? Do I have a gift? And if I do, how do I know? Um, my first experience of spiritual gifting came when I was baptized in the Spirit. I became a Christian when I was 14 years old, but I was baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was 19. And I was baptized not by being in a service and with the laying of hands, normally with somebody with an apostolic ministry, which in fact is the normal way that people are filled with the Spirit. But I was baptized um, just by... Um, kneeling by the side of my bed and praying and as I was praying uh, I was just filled with the Holy Spirit I mean I, I was just full of God I just wanted to just read the word of God I just wanted to to, to worship him it's just it was just an infilling of his spirit because I was so hungry for the Lord I didn't need if you like to be anywhere else I think the, the spirit was just keen to to come in and, um, and come and occupy if you know the Holy Spirit's like comes to you, he's like opening the door and allowing me in, in, into your house. And for some people, um, a lot of the rooms are closed and it takes a little while for him to occupy each room. But for others, it's just like, every door's open. <laughs> Come on in. <laughs> and he had that quite dramatic experience. And, um, and I was just praying. I remember praying by the side of my bed, saying, Lord, I just want more of you. I just want more of your spirit, more of your grace, more of your power. But I was desperate also to go to the bathroom. So I said to the Lord, sorry, I just got to go to the loo. Um, and I went into the bathroom, and I closed the door. And as I stood in the bathroom, there was a demonic spirit on the other side of the room. And I could see this spirit. 
And they've not been able to do that before because they, the baptism of the Holy Spirit opens your eyes into the spiritual. It's like a doorway into the spiritual, supernatural, you see. And I was able to um, see this demonic spirit. So I decided what I'll do is cast it out. And so I said, right. And I, I, I kind of, at that moment, I sort of metamorphosized into some kind of 1920s, early kind of Pentecostal tent meeting preacher. In the name of Jesus. I command thee to go hence from whence thy came. And, and but with just a little bit of you know, Welsh, just for only just for good measure. And, um, and it went. It went. And I was amazed. And I, and I came out of, I was quite just as well, because it was standing over the airing cupboard. And um, I needed to get one or two things. And, um, and I was really, I was so shocked that this had happened, but also really pleased and excited. Because those kind of moments, well, they're just amazing, aren't they? You come out of the bathroom thinking, oh, there is a God and it's all true. It's wonderful. I just think it's brilliant. Let's, let's carry on. And it was just a very exciting moment. But looking back, I've come to, come to realize that what happened when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit was that the Lord had given me the gift of discernment of spirits. And that's something that's been a precious gift right the way through um, my Christian experience. Not only being able to um, see angelic spirits, but and, uh, also demonic spirits, but to be able to see when people have come to Christ, the moment they come to Christ, or to see before they come to Christ, or to, to understand or discern things in the Spirit. It's been a precious gift. It's a very important gift in pastoral ministry. So my suggestion to you is that if you want to know how the Lord's likely or wants to use you, ask yourself, what's been my experience? What's been my experience of God? What was my experience when I first came to the Lord? When I was first saved? You know, I talk to people and they say, um, oh, gee, I used to read the Bible every day of the week before I became a Christian. And then when I became a Christian, I just couldn't stop reading the Bible. And I read different versions of the Bible, and I read it and memorized great lumps of... And when I became baptized in the Spirit, I just read the Bible even more. And it became even more a sort of great scholar of the Bible. And I thought, I wonder what it is that God wants to do in my life. And I thought, oh, it's pretty obvious what he wants to do in your life. <laughs> Maybe he wants you to be involved in perhaps teaching the Bible. Because that's an evidence of what's happened in your experience and in your life. So what's happened when you were saved, what happened when you were filled in the Spirit, what happens in your experience of God, those are important indicators of how the Spirit wants to use you. The second one I would say is passion. What's on your heart? What do you want to do? What's the thing that really kind of impassions you or burdens you for the Lord? And the third one I would say is embryonic. What is God already doing but in a smaller way? What kind of things do you find the Holy Spirit doing that's slightly to grow and growing in your heart and in your life? Experience, passion, and embryonic are all ways in which we can begin to identify the gifting. And of course, also, there's a desire. The desire, not for power, but a desire for the body of Christ that's why the gifts are given to sustain and strengthen and build up the body 
So if you have a real heart for the sick, if you're praying for the sick, if you've got a great compassion for them, and if for those who are suffering, you get down on your knees and you cry before God, then you are somebody who should be calling out to God for a gift of healing. Because that's in your heart. That's a, that's a, a, a gifting that flows out of what God has already put in you. And the church needs to help you do that. And the church is an environment that needs not only to equip believers, but also to develop and, if you like, um, nurture those giftings as well. J. John used to have a lovely phrase. He used to say, the best way of understanding spiritual gifting is to think of it a little bit like bad breath. Um, everyone knows about it apart from you. And at some point, somebody needs to tell you. And so really, that's essentially how it works because it's about the gifting that you have recognized within the church and we need to encourage one another and strengthen one another. Right, okay. Now, final, final bit, which is um, what's the purpose of the gifts? So if you've got uh, your Bibles with you, come with me to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 7 to 12. Ephesians 4. And these, this is why the gifts of the Spirit are given. And there's five things that if he, he gave the, spirit, the spiritual gifts for. They all appear in verse 12. I want you to see if you can find them. Verse 7. But to each one of us... Yeah. Do you want to give a page reference? It's verses 7 to 12... And the five are all in verse 12. One, one, seven, five. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. Now these are ascension gifts, okay? And they are slightly different to the other gifts. They have a different name, for example. They are catechismo, meaning fitting into place, framing, mending things, restoring the body, moving the body into one. Okay? He ascended from on high, and when he ascended, it doesn't mean that he also descended to the lower earthly regions, for he who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. And so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Now, it says Christ himself because these are an extension. They are a direct extension of Christ's ministry. And they're known as the throne gifts because they carry with them the authority of Christ's throne. And they are a direct continuation of the ministry of Jesus. And they're given for five reasons, and they're in verse 12 to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Okay? So they're given to equip, to build up, to unify, to mature, and to bring into fullness. The gifts are not given for our benefit, they're given for the benefit of the church. To build it up, to unify, to mature the church, and to bring it into the fullness of the church. They are, of course, a foretaste 
of what is to come. They're a foretaste of the heavenly realm. But they are also a direct extension of the ministry of Jesus. And if we're not moving in the gifts of spirit, I would dare to say that we're not really moving in the full ministry and expression of Christ because that's what the Spirit has come to do, to empower the church, to equip the church. Otherwise, we'll get tired of just, just, it's not enough, is it, just to come alongside somebody. It's good to come alongside them. It's good to encourage them. But don't you want to be able to not just encourage somebody? Don't you want to be able to have a word from God for them that just blesses them and strengthens them and renews them? It's good to comfort the sick and to be alongside them. But don't you want to be able to pray and let them feel the presence of God come into them and something change and for them even to say, either that they have a comfort in Christ or that they are healed in Christ. You want something more, don't we? We want the power of his spirit, the power of, of who he is, manifest amongst us. I'm not going to preach on this series so that by the end of it, we're exactly the same. And we just say, well, that was interesting. Thanks very much. I want to preach on this series so that by the end of it, more of us are moving in the gifts of the Spirit and exercising the Spirit's gifting and exercising something of the manifest power of the Holy Spirit because that is why we are here. I want to see people not only move in the Spirit, but I want to see them also understand what God has called them into and let them see and be empowered and be encouraged in terms of what the Holy Spirit has for them and through them, for the benefit of his church and for the wider mission too. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. Let's pray. Mm. Father God, Father Lord, if, they, if there are gifts in us that are just feeling a little bit redundant. They just need to be fanned into flame like Paul exhorted Timothy. Fan into flame the gift that you receive. Fan it into flame. Stir it up. Ask again for a greater measure of this gifting. Ask for the Holy Spirit to move in you just as he did before. Fan into flame those gifts. And if there are gifts that you desire because you've got a burden in your heart for the people of God or for, the, or for those that are outside who are lost, seek after him for spiritual gifts. Paul says, I, you know, I urge you, desire, desire the greater gifts. Seek after him for this because is what's going to equip us to be effective as church. Give us word of wisdom and word of knowledge and prophecy, Lord. Give us healings. Give us all that we need to move more in the power of the Holy Spirit. Come, Lord. 
Let's just put our hearts before him, just for a moment. Everyone is able to receive a gift. We need first to know the fullness of his spirit. And to walk with him and abide with him. Come Spirit of God. Equip us for service. Enable us through your spirit to touch as you want people to be touched to speak to people as you would speak to them with that anointing of your spirit that manifestation of your spirit in our lives Father God we pray we're coming into this this short series of teaching expectant and wanting more of your spirit in our lives come we pray through your spirit and equip your church to the glory of your name Amen <laughs>